Church. I'm so excited to be with you. Man, how many weeks are we going to go on with this encounter series? I'm receiving so much and we have extended it one more week. I hope you receive as much as we've been receiving this encounter experience. Uh, I hope today will be a fresh encounter like never before. I want to ask you, are you expecting to receive anything from God today? Because expectation determines the outcome. Did you know that your expectancy plays a big role in what God does in your life? So if you expect nothing, you're going to receive nothing. Some people go to church for years and they get nothing. Guess why? Because they're not expecting anything. They just go and come as routine, but nothing happens. Billy Sunday said, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to the garage makes you a car. In the kingdom of God, you got to expect something to receive something. During our online experience right now, I want you to increase your faith. I want you to increase your expectation. I want you to cry out to God. Open up your heart. Be your real self and God will encounter you. You might even get a little emotional. So expect God to speak to you. God knows what you're going through. And so I want to open up the scripture and we're going to go straight into Genesis chapter 32 verses 22 to 28. Jacob wrestles with God. During the night, Jacob rose and crossed the Jabbok River. Everybody said Jabbok River. At the crossing, taking with him his two wives, so you know he got a lot of problems, his two slave girls and his 11 sons, he sent his family and everything he had across the river. So Jacob was alone and a man came and wrestled with him until the sun came up. When the man saw he could not defeat Jacob, he struck Jacob's hip and put it out of joint. Then he said to Jacob, let me go, the sun is coming up. But Jacob said, I will let you go if... You will bless me. We got to learn to put a demand on the promise that God has for you. Verse 27, the man said to him, what is your name? And he answered, Jacob. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will now be Israel. Because you have wrestled with God and with people and you have won. Today on week six, I want to talk to you about wrestling with God. Even this week, struggling to put together this message, I was wrestling with God because God has a promise for you, but there are battles that we have to face. There are issues and past and sins and stuff that we came through that we need to confront and face. We need to wrestle with God. There's a strange encounter that happens to Jacob right here in the night by the river Jabbok. And that revolutionized Jacob's life. He met God face to face in a powerful way. And his life was radically transformed forever. So let me summarize for you the story of Jacob. Two brothers, they were twins actually, Jacob and Esau. They weren't just different, but they were enemies. And their lives took a a totally different direction. Now, Jacob is coming back 20 years later... And he feels guilty. He wants to make things right. And so he wants to uh, make peace with his brother Esau. Because Jacob's heart is full of regret. Because Jacob, 20 years prior, he cheated his brother out of the birthright blessing. So for 20 years, this Jacob has been carrying this guilt and shame. I wonder if any of you watching today, are you carrying guilt and shame and sin upon yourself for all these years? And having this regret. That's what Jacob had. So for 20 years, Jacob wondered whether Esau, his brother, has forgiven him or is going to come and kill him. Jacob is uh, at a crossroads at his life. And few days prior to that, 
Jacob sent some of his messengers to meet Esau. And he sent a message of peace and reconciliation. But his messengers came back saying, you know, actually Jacob, uh, your brother Esau is coming to meet you. But he's bringing 400 men with him also. I don't think those 400 men were coming for a party with Jacob, probably to kill him. So now Jacob is terrified. He's scared to death. And he's just wondering all the torturous thing his brother Esau might do to him. So Jacob takes his family across the Jebak River, but he spends the night alone on the opposite side. Little did he know that very night something strange was about to happen. He was about to have an encounter with God. And that there at the Jabbok River, a strange wrestling match is about to take place until the break of dawn. If you look up the definition for Jabbok, that's the name of the river we're talking about. It means pouring out. Jabbok also implies emptied or struggle, or passing over. This Jabbok River flows from east to west about 60 miles, uh, and it goes and empties itself into the Jordan River. A significant conflict between two paths takes place at this Jabbok River. Symbolically speaking, Jabbok is a place of total surrender. This is where Jacob gave up his manipulative ways. It's a place of divine encounter. To be in Jabbok is to experience divine intervention. And that's what God wants to do in your life today. He wants to encounter you in a supernatural way. This Jabbok river is bordering the land of Canaan. God has a spiritual Canaan for all his children. Jabbok is a place of new beginnings. At Jabbok, Jacob was wounded, he was renamed, he was blessed, and he became a new person. By the bank of Jabbok, Jacob was reborn. Jabbok is a crossroads, a place of confusion, indecision. Jabbok is a place of struggle and dispute. Jabbok is a place of crossing over. God is calling you to cross over. And behind Jacob is his deceitful past, checkered past. And before him is a new way of life. Jabbok is a place of brokenness where we are emptied of our pride and our self-sufficiency. That's as human beings, we struggle with that. We want to, hey, I'm good. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. I got this. And we don't want to surrender. Jacob struggled with his pride and his self-sufficiency. He wanted to do something on his own with his mom. They schemed this the lentil soup trickery and uh, so that he can get ahead. In his own way, in his own method. Jabbok is a place of stretching. Jabbok is a place of transition. It's to experience a turning point. Jabbok is a dark, lonely place. A place where we are forced to examine ourselves. It's a place of self-pity, doubt, questioning. Jabbok is where we wrestle with conflicting voices. I wonder, are any of you feeling any of this? Jabbok is the bridge between the pains of yesterday and the hopes of tomorrow. Are you ready for your Jabbok experience? Let me break it down and I'll give you 10 points in a poem after, okay? Alone with God. Here we see in Genesis 30 to 24, Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. I find it very interesting how God came to Jacob as a wrestler. I don't know if any of you uh, watched wrestling back in the day, you know, when it was WWF. 
uh, not the World Wildlife Federation, but the other one. And, uh, you know, these wrestlers would come in. My favorite one was Ultimate Warrior. He would come in, and it was all these, like, uh, streamers around him, and it, it was very exciting. I find it really interesting that God would come as a form of a wrestler. Remember back in the day? And then they would have all these uh, interviews with the wrestlers, and they would say things like, Oh, you want a piece of me? I'm wondering if God would have said that to Jacob. Oh, yeah? You're always trying to fight me anyways. Let's go. Game on. Let's do this. Let's have this match. The Bible tells us that a man wrestled with him, Jacob, until the breaking of day. This wasn't an angel. This was God himself. And Jacob called the place Peniel, which means face of God. This is what we would call a Christophany, which is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Have you ever thought about that? We think that Jesus is only for the New Testament, but Jesus and Father God and Holy Spirit are one. They're eternal. So that means Jesus always existed. So we find Jesus in the Old Testament as well, making appearance in different places. Can you guess another event, another moment where Jesus showed up? There's another in the fire. My favorite part. Whoa, whoa. That was Jesus. He was in the fire with Radshak and Benny. That's the VeggieTales version. With Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. This was another appearance by Jesus. Jacob, the manipulator, met the Messiah. The conniver met the Christ. The wrestler met his match. Jesus wants to meet you today. Jacob was all alone, all, all caught up and, 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 and overthinking and analyzing and like really being real with himself, thinking about all the things that he's done. You know, this is what happens when we get alone with God. Our real self comes out or should come out. Sometimes we need to unplug and be still and, and we need to know that He is God and He's God alone. This is how we can hear the voice of God again. Some of you used to hear the voice of God very clearly, but you got so busy. And I'm going to give you some helpful pointers today. Jacob was all alone. Everyone and everything he had was on the other side of the Jabbok River. If we want regular encounters with God, we got to learn to disconnect. You know, there's a fancy button on your phone that you don't know about. It's the power button. We need to turn it off sometimes. We need to disconnect. We need to shut all the static out of our lives. Because it keeps our minds going all the time. And intentionally, we need to focus on the presence of God. There are nice things in your life you've been meaning to do. But unless you schedule it, plan for it, it's not going to happen. Oh yeah, I've been meaning to do that. Put it in the calendar. Me and my wife, we have so many wonderful things. Oh yeah, we should have date night sometime. Put it in the calendar, otherwise it's not going to happen. Oh yeah, I should study. I should explore that uh, that additional uh, education or that other requirement for my job. But, uh, I'll someday. No, it's not going to happen. The, the cemetery is full of wishful thinking and good intention. Cemetery full of that. Spending time with God, should we should schedule it. Just like something important. We feel guilty actually, you know, sometimes when we spend time with God, we feel guilty because we push back all the other demands of ourselves and of the day. Don't feel guilty. God wants us to trust Him enough to spend ample time with Him. We got to stop feeling guilty when we give special time to God. And, and when we do what pleases Him, we shouldn't feel guilty because that's what He wants. He's omnipotent. He is able to bend time and events in our favor. Have you ever thought about that? And you will discover that you can accomplish way more in less time after you have given yourself to God 
in real intimacy. Not out of duty and not out of just like, oh, I got to do... No. As you align yourself with this perspective, you can figure out what's important and what's not and avoid mistakes and avoid uh, time wasters. Don't fall into the trap of constantly being on the go. Sometimes we get our worth, our value in like, oh man, I'm doing so many things, I'm so busy, I must be so important. No, you're just draining and, and ruining your life. Many people do many things in God's name, but has no value in the kingdom of God. To avoid doing meaningless work, stay in continual communion with God. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Resting in His presence, it refreshes you, it renews you. It renews your mind, body, your spirit. It increases our confidence in God. It gets us energized. God uses these intimate times to prepare us for what's ahead. He has great plans and purposes, but we need to go into His presence so that He can prepare us. And He has so many wonderful things coming up for us, but we got to get ready now. Being alone with God allows us to release our deepest worries. You know, God already knows what you're going through, but when you give it to Him, you're able to relieve yourself from that burden. You can refocus, you can come into a place of, uh, of, of perfect peace. He's created you. He loves you. Don't wrestle with Him. Psalm 24 verse 3 and 4 says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. You cannot just be like, Oh, God, no. We got to prepare ourselves. We got to repent. There's, there's a way God wants us to live. You, you got to shut out every distraction. Focus on God. Repent for your sins. And today we're going into a place of, uh, it's more Bible study than preaching. Sometimes we want a feel good message, but really we have to go back to the basics. We got to go back to what is really important. And sometimes the less fancier things are the most important things. You never see the foundation of a building put up on billboards, but the depth of the foundation, the strength of the foundation is reflected in the height and the durability of the skyscraper. Focus on God. Repent for your sins. Unrepented sins can shut us out of God's presence. Let unforgiveness, hate, malice, contention, pride, anger, lies, all of that, it's got to go. Welcome God's peace into your heart. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Go into deep praise and deep worship. Don't just wait for Sunday for our church worship. Get deeper in the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. You know, sometimes like, God, give me a word. God is like, here, my Bible. Where is your Bible? Did you read it? Oh, we want somebody to come and prophesy over us and give us a word, but we won't bother to read God's Word that He already wrote. It's like I'm writing love letters to my wife and giving her cards, but if she doesn't bother to open it, why would I give her another one? You save money too. Those cards are expensive. Focus only on Him. Refuse to be distracted. Learn to be quiet. Filter every thought. Listen. Write down what God is saying. Stand firm. Stand strong. As you create time to see God with all your heart, you will discover Him and He will give you revelation and strength and He will encounter you and you will never be the same again. Total surrender. Having come into contact with God, Jacob becomes a broken man, a changed man. There's a point in everybody's life when they need to stop wrestling and stop striving and struggling and resisting and say, God, I surrender. No turning back. 
total surrender to you, Lord, to your purpose, to your plan. I'm all in. Can you put it in the chat right now? I'm all in. The word surrender means to relinquish, to renounce. When an opposing army uh, surrenders, then they lay down their arms. The conquerors take over control from there on. Now the conquerors are in control of them. Surrendering to God works the same way. He has a plan for your life. And unless we surrender, we won't be able to step into what He has for us and we will miss out. To surrender is to yield. It's to hand over, to to sacrifice, to offer up ourselves unconditionally without holding anything back. Surrendering to God is giving up our rights. It means we will go where He wants us to go and we will do what He wants us to do. This is what's amazing about David. Yeah, he messed up. Yeah, he raped. Yeah, he did so many wrong things. But he would be so quick to repent. And and God says, He's a man after my own heart. I was like, how can you say that, God? This guy messed up so much. But David was ready to go where God told him to go. David was ready to do what God told him to do. That's a man after God's own heart. We got to examine our hearts. We say we are followers of Christ and we're Christian and we go to church and we do stuff. Are we after God's own heart? Or are we just wrestling constantly with God and doubting Him after all that He's done for us? To surrender is to stop resisting God. It's to submit and come under authority. The sad thing is our human nature always wants to be in control. And we struggle to give our control to God. But failure to yield to God will rob us of His blessings. And we will step out of God's will. The the sacrifice God wants is a broken spirit. God, you will not reject a heart that is broken and sorry for sin. Psalm 51, 17. A repentant heart. A broken heart. In other words, a heart that is completely broken of self and pride. A heart in that condition is a treasure in God's eyes. A broken heart doesn't make excuses. A broken heart doesn't put the blame on others. The, we, how many times we say, oh, I'm like this because of them. I'm like this because they did this to me. You don't know what happened in my childhood. I'm like this because of what they did. We blame others. A broken heart is no longer resisting God. The sign of a broken heart is a heart that is sensitive to God. What breaks God's heart will break your heart. What brings joy to God's heart will bring joy to your heart. Brokenness is surrendering your will to the will of God. It's to overcome the flesh and its desires. Brokenness is offering our lives to God as living sacrifice. It's handing over the full control. God It's no longer I that lives, but it's you, Lord. Christ lives in me. Because you live, God, I can face tomorrow. And all these wonderful songs and all these hymns, let it not just be beautiful melodies that you sing out of your mouth, but let it come out of your life. Let it be your life song. Brokenness is offering our lives to God as living sacrifice. Let your will be done in my life. It's handing over the full control of every area of our lives. Brokenness is the humble response to divine conviction. It's not just coming at church and crying and feeling something at online church and just going on about our day. No. It's pulling down the walls of anger. It's facing pride that is in our lives. It's to deal with the bitterness and the bitter root judgment and the unforgiveness that's in us. Brokenness before God is giving up our right. It is giving up our selfish ambition. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. I feel the presence of God. Because brokenness is godly sorrow and repentance for sin.
It's genuine humility. Brokenness is laying down our plans in order to follow God's will for your life. It's not my will, Lord. Let your will be done. Brokenness is taking an honest inventory of our spiritual life. You know, every year, year after year, are you coming closer to Jesus? Are you getting more on fire for God? Are you serving others? Are you loving others? Or is it the opposite? Are you just concerned about your money and your car and your house and your this and your that? I got to be careful what we say. Because sometimes if we were to project what's going on in our minds, we would all run. It's allowing God to have free access into your life. Brokenness is letting go and letting God have His way. It's a complete emptying of self. Brokenness is to run away from what doesn't please God. So the question today is, are you broken? It's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Are you ready to surrender yourself to God, yourself and your pride? As you totally surrender everything to God, He will bring a fresh encounter for your life. See, remember what we talked about. Fresh encounters are not just once in a lifetime, but it should be ongoing, uh, daily encounters with God is what He wants. So I'm going to really go down to the basics and break it down for you. I want to give you 10 steps to recalibrate your life for an encounter with God. And I hope you take some notes down because those who take notes get upgraded in heaven. Just saying. Number one, surrender your heart to God. Like really, is Jesus really your Savior and Lord? Because there's a difference. Savior, okay, He saved you from hell, but is He your Lord? Lord means you are owned by Him. You are His slave. Are you surrendered to Jesus? Is Jesus your Savior and Lord? Or is Jesus just a Savior and you are the Lord of your life? Psalm 51.10 says, Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires, ready to please you. The heart, when we talk about the heart, that's the seat of our emotion. That's the seat of our thoughts, our intentions. Your heart can be right, but if you're not following God's will, you are going to miss out. So you need to surrender your heart to God. Our carnal heart is disobedient towards the things of God. Number two, obey God. Simple, but it's difficult. If we sum up everything you've done just this year, okay, forget 2020 is a write-off, just forget it. 2021, from January till now, if we add it all up together, what conclusion will we come up with? Would it be all about you? Oh, I'm feel, I get it, mental illness, emotion, it's all important. Is there room for God at all? What would it show if we add up all the sum, all the decisions of your life? Obedience is prioritizing and pleasing God daily. See, that's what revival is. Revival is not going to a conference or to a camp and coming by, wow, I'm so on fire. God was moving so amazingly. I'm on revival. Revival is being consistent with God. Revival is walking closely with Jesus consistently. Walking closely with Jesus consistently. God draws near to those who are living in obedience. And I'm not saying this in a legalistic way, but if you love God, if you are with God, if your focus is on God, then you would be all about Him. Christ in our choices. We would honor Christ with our actions. We would we will honor Christ with our words. We will honor Him in everything that we do. And the Holy Spirit will help you do that as you take the first point that I shared with you seriously. 
Number three, study the word of God. I get it. It's tough. You can't fall asleep at night until you bust open your Bible and you're out like a light bulb. Or like some of you have to dust off your Bible. There's like bed bugs in your Bible because it hasn't been opened in a while. But that's okay. Oh, you got the app. Oh, that's so cool. When was the last time you opened the app? It's there like on the fifth page of your phone. It's like nobody's looking at it. And when you click on it, it has to be updated because it has been a while. Not judging, but we got to be in the word of God. That's where we're going to primarily hear the voice of God. So you got to find a method that works for you. And if reading the Bible is a problem, then audio Bible. Go for a walk, put on your headphones. Instead of listening to Drake and other things, people, get the Word of God in you every opportunity that you get when you're stuck in traffic. Have something that is relevant and useful to you. There's visual Bibles and, and comic book style Bibles. Whatever it is, study the Word of God for you. Not because you have to do a presentation or you have to do something at church, but get the Word of God for you. We get to know and understand the heart of God when we study the Word of God. Through the Bible, that's the Word of God, primary Word that He speaks to us. Some people cry to God, Lord, speak to me. But they don't spend any time reading their Bible. Number four, trust God's timing. Psalm 37, verse 7 to 8. Trust God's timing. God is never too late. Quiet your heart in His presence and wait patiently for Yahweh. And don't think for a moment that the wicked and those who are not following God, oh, look at them, they're prospering. They're better off than us. Verse 8 says, Stay away from anger and revenge. Keep envy far from you, for it only leads you into lies. Be patient. Quiet your heart in His presence and wait patiently for Yahweh. He is working something out for you. Something that you could never work for. Something that you don't deserve. He's doing something behind the scenes. Be patient. Five, have faith. Easy to say, hard to do. The greatest gift that comes from trusting God is a supernatural peace. Money can't buy you that. And that tells us without a doubt that God only wants what's good for us. That God is always with us and God will never leave us nor forsake us. Have unshakable faith. Have that peace. Have courageous faith. Knowing that God will come through for you. Trust in God that He will work it out for you. Six, keep praying. Bible says in all situations, keep praying. What do we do? When we're stressed out, keep praying. What do we do when we're happy? Keep praying. What do we do when we're broken? Keep praying. Pray without ceasing. Instruction is clear. What do we do? We pray at all times. God already knows, but when you pray and you give it to God, you feel lighter, you feel refreshed, you feel peaceful. Number seven, give thanks in all situations. Thanksgiving recognizes that God is good. And He is good. That's who He is. God is love. And He is willing to bless us. And so we must be willing to trust Him. Trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinion. That's what the Bible says. Don't rely on your own understanding. With all your heart, rely on Him. To guide you. To provide for you. He's Jehovah Jireh. And He will lead you in the way that you should go. He will lead you in the decisions that you have to make. Become intimate with Him. In whatever you do. And He will lead you wherever you go. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. In surrendering to God, we experience blessings. We experience fulfillment. We experience joy as we surrender to God. He unfailingly directs us, guides us, corrects us, nurtures us, and loves us as a perfect loving Father would do. 
A surrendered life, we hear God's voice more clearly. When you surrender, you grow closer to God. Coming back to the story of Jacob. Jacob went from Jacob to Israel. Jacob began the night. He was terrified for his life. He was afraid of his brother Esau. He's going to come and beat him up and kill him. And just anytime, his life story is going to end anytime. But he ended up, he ended the night with God's blessing and a new identity. You and I need a new beginning too. It doesn't matter what we've done. God is the God of new beginning. Are you in a dead end situation? The plans you have for your life failed? Okay, God is still in control. Why don't you quit wrestling with God and and telling God what you think He should do? Because it's not about you anyways. So why don't we just calm down and sit down for a minute and hand over the control. Hand over the reins of our life to Jesus. To our Father. To the God who is omnipotent. Omniscient. Omnipresent God. He has a plan for you. The Lord God, He keeps every promise that He's ever made. And His love for you is so strong. Psalm 138.8 Since your love for me is constant and endless, I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you've begun in me. That should be our prayer. Lord, you've begun something in me. Complete it, God. God will take what looks like a setback and set you up for your comeback. And that's going to be glorious. He will turn it into a new beginning. You know, as human beings, we, we like to manipulate our way. We like, we like to talk our way. We like to buy our way into self-sufficiency and independence. But He is the true author of your life. You don't know what you're doing. I'm not judging, but you don't know what you're doing. Only God knows how He designed you. Now let Him be the finisher of your story. Let Him complete and fulfill your life. 8.8. Accept responsibility for your mistakes. Accept responsibility for your mistake. Stop making excuses. Admit and move on. You know how much time we waste just sitting around and and just like, oh, I feel so guilty. Oh, I messed up. Oh my gosh. Admit and move on. You're not getting any younger. Right? We've been doing online experience for a year and I got older. I didn't get any younger. Accept. Move on. You need to hear that today. Put it in the chat. Accept and move on. Okay, I messed up. I ordered the wrong cable, so we delayed the recording today. Okay, my fault. Accept, move on. That's what Jacob did. That's what brought the life-changing encounter. That's what brought true transformation from this deceiver to a man that is transformed by God. Number nine, stop regretting. Stop dwelling on the past. Don't remember the former things. I am doing a new things, brand new thing God is doing that you've never seen, you never heard. God is doing that in your life. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Regret is dwelling on the thoughts of the past and what you could have, should have, would have and only if. But it's gone. Past is gone. You cannot redeem that. But God can redeem your life. But if if God is for you, God is your redeemer. He can help us recover. Things may not have gone the way that we wanted to. But God can turn it all around. Even what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it around. As He did for Joseph. But God has a new plan for you. He has greater opportunities for you. God has new beginnings for you. A new beginning is a fresh start. It means restoration. And some of you need that today. A new season, a new beginning is an opportunity to start over. 
You've tried this. God is saying, I want you to start over. It gives us the opportunity to make better decisions. A new beginning is to let go of the old. It means new possibilities. New beginnings are new openings. Today, that's possible for you. If you're willing to let go of your past, no matter what you've been through, your life can be rebooted. Your life can be transformed. And as I'm getting ready to land this plane, the story of your life is not over. Don't give up hope. No matter how things look messed up right now, or how you failed, how you've tried to manipulate your way like Jacob, talk your way out of, buy your way out, medicate your way out of, what do you do? How are you medicating yourself? Is it food? Is it alcohol? Is it lust? Is it porn? What is it? How are you medicating yourself? How many wrong choices you've made? God doesn't stand there and judge you. But God's the God who embraces you. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a little bit of hugging going on as God was wrestling with Jacob. Because His love for us is everlasting. is never ending. God's grace gives us a fresh start. A new radical encounter with Jesus, with the living God, is what will transform your life. Not, not, not following religious laws and rules, but having a real encounter with Jesus. A new beginning is waiting for you. The story of your life is not over. It doesn't matter what your mama said or your baby mama said. Your life is not over. Is your life gonna, take an inventory. Is your life going where you want it to go? If not, what's a small change you can make today? And the easiest one and the most clearest one right now is giving your life to Jesus or rededicating, rededicating your life to Jesus. My last point before I end. Leave the past behind. Philippians 3, 13 to 14. Sometimes we allow the past to stop us. We allow the feelings of guilt and regrets and rejection, pain, depression, betrayal, self-pity, all of that. We allow it to choke us. And it stops us from all the greatness that God has for you. Just think about it. Think about the five years ago. Think about five years ago. How many years ago? 2016? Think about five years ago. Are you in a different state? Are you in a different condition? Are you in a different mind space? Are you fitter, healthy? So the next five years is going to come automatically by the grace of God. If you don't refocus, you're going to go in the same pattern. But God has greatness for you. He will not leave you alone. God will not abandon you. In the meantime, I want to encourage you to use these 10 points to recalibrate your life. Micah 7, 8, it says, Enemy, don't laugh at me. I have fallen, but I will get up again. Put it in the chat. I will get up again. I sit in the shadow of trouble now, but the Lord will be a light for me. Are you standing at Jabbok River? Hold on. A new day is coming. As long as there's breath in you, there are greater things coming your way. God is for you. Your present situation is not the final word on your life. Don't let what happened in the past limit you. Don't, you don't have to be crippled by your past anymore. Get your heart inspired by having a fresh encounter with Jesus today. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. 2 Corinthians 5.17 As a believer in Christ, you are a new creation. When you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, it is the ultimate new beginning. God gives you a brand new start, a new heart, a new hope, a new spirit, a new purpose, a new opportunity, a new life. The life of God is now in you. Choose today to leave the old things behind and embrace the new things God has for you. 
If you've never welcomed Jesus into your heart, today's the day to do that. God is waiting for your yes. I'm wondering if that's you today. In the chat, you will see a button that pops up and says, raise a hand. Click that right now on the count of three. God is waiting for you and He wants to encounter you. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time. But say yes to Jesus. No matter what faith level you're at, He's waiting for you. You only got one life to live. Choose Jesus. Go deeper on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Click that button right now. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. This whole experience was just for you. This whole thing. Because God loves you and He cares for you. To welcome Jesus into your heart, you've got to give Him permission. The Bible says if you would confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Today is your day of salvation. So repeat after me to give permission to Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you are God, that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. My life is no longer my own, but I give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Man, this is the best decision you could ever make in your life. This is my most favorite part of church. Those of you who want to have deeper encounters with Jesus, I'm also going to pray for you. But take these points, apply them, go and watch the other series again. God has done a a miraculous thing. He's done a phenomenal thing just going back uh, and, and just watch it. You will receive and you'll be blessed. We're hearing so many wonderful stories of what God has been doing in people's lives. So I want to pray for you right now. You can put your hand on your heart and we'll pray for you. Lord Jesus, as my brothers and sisters right now put their hands on their heart. Lord, I pray right now that you would just release that breaker anointing. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever is disaligned or misaligned in their lives, that God, that you would give them clarity. That God, that you would show them what it is that they can do right now to step into the will of God, into your will, God. Lord, I pray that God, you remove every blinders, every everything that is holding them captives or pulling them back. Father, I pray that today they will have the, the courage and the tenacity to stand up and say, no more. We walked our way before, but no more. We are crossing over the Jabbok River. We are crossing over. We're going to face God face to face. We're going to wrestle with Him and then we're going to change because He knows our hearts. He knows who we are because He knit us together in our mother's womb. So Father, I pray right now that every heart that is broken, that God, that you would heal them. Let them receive your joy, your peace, and a fresh encounter of Jesus. Father, seal everything that we've heard and studied. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. We love you and we will see you next time. So thank you for allowing us to be a part of your day today. We hope that you received, that there's something for you to take away from this message today and from this whole encounter series. After this service right now, we're going to have a Zoom link for um, anyone that wants to tune in and check out. Our hosts are going to be putting the link in the chat right now. Um, Come on and join us. It'll be fun. Um, No pressure. Just a chance for us to get to know you a little bit better. Well, we'd like to know ways that you'd like to get involved, your skills, your talents, and just any kind of way that you want to connect with us. So hop on. um, It'll be great. All right, guys, that's it for me. Have a great week and happy Sunday.